0: You're listening to the Sermon Podcast by Southside Baptist Church in Florence, South Carolina. We exist to know God and to make Jesus known. For more up-to-date information, check us out at southsidenow.church. Good morning, Southside. How's everybody doing this morning? All right, it's good to be here again. Um, I remembered that I had the power. I have the power to uh, cut this mic on. I didn't remember that last time I was up here. And uh, I I said, those guys had the power, you know, but I actually had the power, didn't know it. So I know there's a spiritual significance to that somewhere. So um, I'm glad to be here this morning. Um, I was supposed to preach next week. So I was called this week. Barry was a little under the weather. So I said, Josh called me and said, would you like to preach this Sunday? And I'm going, uh, yeah. Yeah. I can do it. It's ready, but I'm still tweaking on the PowerPoints, you know, but uh, I, I said, yes, I'll do it, you know, and, and I told my wife, I said, well, she said you know you got to teach too. I said, oh yeah, I know. I'm going to do both. I'm going to do both. I'm going to step up to the plate. I told Barry, I said, man, I'm stepping up to the plate today. I'm stepping up to the plate, and, uh, and that's what's important, you know, stepping up to the plate. I'm just glad that I can be here to help Josh and, and help Barry and and help, you know, just help our church to get through what we're going through right now. And uh, it's, it's real important that we stick together and persevere and uh, not let anything get in the way of that. And um, um, the message today, um, the title is Saul and the Witch of Endor. Bypassing God leads to destruction. And we're going to look at 1 Samuel 28 verses 3 through 25. And you're going, I know what you're thinking. All these verses... Um, all these points, <laughs> I know, y'all just bear with me, we're going to get through this together. Um, I was thinking about doing, the reason why I come up with this, I was thinking about doing some kind of message that has some kind of Halloween feel to it, you know, and uh, I, was, I thought about, man, let's get the fog machine out, let's get a little <laughs> fog out here, and I will put some, uh, some, some powers. Sp- uh, slides up here with some uh, witches, some famous witches on it. You know, like bewitched. You know, the bad witch from the Wizard of Oz, the good witch of Wizard of Oz and all, you know, charm, whatever. I don't know what. you know, I had all these things going through my mind and I told Valerie about it. She says, No. <laughs> no. Don't do that. (laughs) We're not doing that. (laughs) But I said, but it'd be so cool. No, 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 that wouldn't be. No, just just scratch that. You know, you can, you can, uh, you don't have to go that route. But I think you know, Halloween has a feel to it. I don't know about you, but I get this funky feel about Halloween. I've always been like that since a kid. Since I was a kid, I remember going out trick or treating. We used to always go trick or treating at my grandmother's house in Kannapolis, North Carolina, and you got to understand that uh, this is textile mills. This is where plant one. This is a major plant of cannon, mill, cannon Mills. And all these uh, textile homes, these little homes, are all over the place. And it was the best place to go uh, get Halloween candy. Well, my bag was filled up one night, and we'd been out trick or treating. And, uh, and this guy comes up to me. He said, man, what kind of candy you got? I opened up my bag and he snatched my bag and ran with it. I'm like, whoa, what is this? What you trying to, you know, I couldn't believe I just got my bag snatched. You know, I don't know about you. I don't know if you've had any bad memories about Halloween or what kind of memories you have about Halloween. But that was one of my worst uh, memories. But I did get me another bag and I did go back out and I did persevere that night and get some more candy. I didn't have as much as what I had, but I still I didn't give up. And I went back out and did it again. But you know, we all have different feelings about Halloween. And I'm not here to uh, judge anybody by what you do on Halloween and how you celebrate that. But I do want to just say this. Halloween brings a heightened awareness of the realm of evil spirits. Like I told you, I had this funky feeling about Halloween. I have funky feeling about Halloween every year. I don't know why, but I do. But the message today provides a word of caution concerning the evil spiritual forces that walk the earth. And it's true. And how easily people are tempted to dabble with the supernatural. Many people think there's nothing wrong with playing with a Ouija board. Now, I want to stop right here because I know a lot of you kids don't know anything about a Ouija board. I think we even had one in our house one time. I mean, we never did play with it, but it was there. And I'm like, why do we got this? I mean, I never thought about it when I was a kid. But I think about it now. I was like, why why do we have such a thing, you know? But a Ouija board. Parents, talk to your kids about the Ouija board later. Y'all Google it. Y'all can look it up. And reading horoscopes. I remember in our daily paper, there was horoscopes. Anybody ever read the horoscope? Come on now. Hey, she did. Come on. Some of y'all ain't being truthful with me this morning. I know y'all read that horoscope. I would read the horoscope every day and see what it said. But you know what? Even that, man, sometimes you feel like, man, you're getting a little close today, you know? <laughs> you're about to scratch where I'm itching. But it, it was never it never was. It never did help me at all or anything like that. But, um, but people say it's harmless. Oh, it's harmless. Read your horoscope, play with a Ouija board. It ain't nothing to it. It's, it's, it's fun. It's just a little game. There's no big deal. But, you know, I was thinking about this and I was thinking about, well, how am I going to have a message that's got kind of a Halloween kind of feel to it? And uh, I could have went with uh, the story, the Bible story about the two men who were demon possessed and lived in the tombs in Mark 5. I could have went that route. Another one was the Valley of Dry Bones in Ezekiel 37. I could have went there. I could have went there. Those are two good stories. Um, but uh, and then there's others. I, you know, I've been reading in my devotional time this week and Daniel and we see how Nebuchadnezzar and Belshazzar, they look to astrologers, they look to soothsayers, they look to people um, to give them answers to their dreams. And, you know, and, and they really depended on these people and they really depended on them for answers. But I want today, I want us to look at the witch, uh, we're going to look at Saul and the witch of Endor in 1 Samuel 28. We have an event that happened between King Saul, a medium, and the dead prophet Samuel. King Saul, here in this text, is in fear and feels defeated. Why does he feel that way? Well, I'm going to, uh, uh, I'm going to read that here in then it's entirety. Y'all can go ahead and pull that up. Thank you. But before we do that, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today. God, we're asking for your Holy Spirit to move in a mighty way today. Lord, I know somebody here needs you. God, we come before you today. We humble ourselves before you as a church. Help us to take what we are going to learn from your word today and apply it to our hearts and to the, those around us in our sphere of influence, lead, direct, and guide us and draw us closer to you as we look at your word today. And I pray that lives will be changed. We love you, we praise you, and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, before I read this, I got the awesome opportunity to teach on Romans 8 before I come up here today. Now, you turn that's special. That's awesome. Mm. Excuse me. I need that water before I read all this, okay? <laughs> so I'm just telling you, this is for your benefit, okay? That I'm going to do this. But let's look in uh, 1 Samuel 28, starting with verse 3. Now Samuel had died, and all Israel had lamented for him and buried him in Ramah in his own city. And Saul had put the mediums and the spiritists out of the land. Very important. Then the Philistines gathered together and came and encamped at Shunem. So Saul gathered all Israel together, and they encamped at Gilboa. Now when Saul saw the army of the Philistines, he was afraid, and his heart trembled greatly. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord did not answer him, either by dreams or by Urim or by the prophets. Then Saul said to his servants, Find me a woman who is a medium that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servant said to him, in fact, there is a woman who is a medium at Endor. Okay. So Saul disguised himself and put on other clothes and he went and two men with him and they came to the woman by night. And he said, please conduct a seance for me and bring up for me the one I shall name to you. Then the woman said to him, look, you know what Saul has done. How he has cut off the mediums and the spirits from the land. Why then do you lay a snare for my life to cause me to die? And Saul swore to her by the Lord, saying, As the Lord lives, no punishment shall come upon you for this thing. Then the woman said, Whom shall I bring up for you, up to you? And he said, Bring up Samuel for me. So when the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice. And the woman spoke to Saul, saying, Why have you deceived me? For you are Saul. And the king said to her, Do not be afraid. What did you see? And the woman said to Saul, I saw a spirit ascending out of the earth. So he said to her, What is this form? And she said, An old man is coming up, and he is covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel, and he stopped. And with his face to the ground and bowed down. Now Samuel said to Saul, why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? And Saul answered, I am deeply distressed for the Philistines make war against me. And God has departed from me and does not answer me anymore, neither by prophets nor by dreams. Therefore, I have called you that you may reveal to me what I should do. Then Samuel said, so why do you ask me? seeing the Lord has departed from you and has become your enemy. And the Lord has done for himself as he spoke by me. For the Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor David. Because you did not obey the voice of the Lord nor execute his fierce wrath upon Amalek, therefore the Lord has done this thing to you this day. Moreover the Lord will also deliver Israel with you into the hand of the Philistines and tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. The Lord will also deliver the army of Israel into the hand of the Philistines immediately. Saul fell length on the ground, full length fell full length on the ground and was dreadfully afraid because of the words of Samuel and there was no strength in him for he had eaten no food all day or all night. And the woman came to Saul and saw that he was severely troubled and said to him, Look, your maidservant has obeyed your voice, and I have put my life in my hands and healed the words, heeded the words which you spoke to me. Okay. Now, therefore, please heed also the voice of your maidservant and let me set a piece of bread before you and eat, that you may have strength when you go on your way. But he refused and said, I will not eat. So his servants together with the woman urged him, and he heeded their voice. Then he arose from the ground and sat on the bed. Now the woman had a fatted calf in the house, and she hastened to kill it. And she took the flour and kneaded it and baked unleavened bread from it. So she brought it before Saul and his servants, and they ate. Then they rose and went away that night. King Saul is in fear, and he feels defeated. He needs information. But God stopped speaking to him because of his disobedience and rebellion. Instead of repenting and turning to God, Saul decides to seek answers from the dead, which God had strictly forbidden. What we are going to see today is how people try to bypass God to find out something or to get something they want. Instead of trusting God, they try something apart from God. What we're about to see in the text is someone who bypasses God, not by trusting God or by ignoring God's word and by disobeying God. And as a result, they bypass the blessings of God. There is a lesson for all of us to learn here. And just by way of background, in verses three through six, we see the spiritual state of the time. The prophet Samuel had died and Saul had put the mediums and the spiritists out of the land. The armies represented by the Philistines were encamped at Shunem. Now, this is something ironic I found out while I was studying this text. Now, while the Philistines were encamped at Shunem, Shunem means this in Hebrew. It means rest or quiet. Rest or quiet. Now, the Israelites were encamped at Gilboa, which has a lot of different meanings, such as a sudden violent outburst or display. The act, process, or state of boiling or bubbling up. But it also means a heap of stone or a heap of dung. I think we all in this room know what dung is, right? Ain't that, that amazing? That amazed me. It was It was ironic. That the Philistines, the enemies, were in rest and peace and quiet while the, the Israelites were encamped for some strange reason. Um, he was in a heap of trouble, <laughs> if, you, if, you, you know, if I could say that, so to speak, or in spiritual trouble as Saul cried out to God for help. And when Saul cried out for help, the Lord refused to reveal himself. Why did the Lord not speak to Saul or why did God not respond to Saul? Author uh, Beth Moore, in her book, A Heart Like His, says this. Why is God silent at times? You may ask yourself that same question. Maybe you're going through something right now and you're asking God, you know, you know what you're thinking. Why is God silent at times? I really need him right now. Well, she answers this by saying that Isaiah wrote, your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Wow, that's powerful. Let me say that. Let me read that again. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Remember that Saul continued in disobedience to God. He relentlessly sought the life of an innocent man and he even, he even attempted to spear his own son and he had priests of the Lord slaughtered And gave approval for an entire town to be wiped out. That's just some of the things that Saul did. Moore says that we've seen some regrets, but we've never seen him truly turn from wickedness to righteousness. Did you get that? She says, we've seen some regrets, but we've never seen him truly turn from wickedness to righteousness. First of all, let's look at our first point. We see that Saul is bypassing, trusting God. Bypassing, trusting God. Verses three through seven, we see this. Why did Saul bypass trusting God? Well, there's several things. There's several reasons why. First of all, we had the absence of Samuel, who was a spiritual leader then. And for Saul's... uh, Samuel was a prophet sent by God who also was a judge and he delivered messages from God. Saul liked him. Saul trusted him and listened to him. But toward the end of Samuel's life, he and Saul weren't speaking to one another. I wonder why. Maybe some of these things that he had done in the past was the reason why. Maybe it was because of his sins. But Samuel died, and Saul had no one to run to for advice from God. The bottom, the bottom line is this: Saul needed Samuel and his influence on his life, but Samuel's dead. Secondly, we had the presence of the Philistines. The Philistines were vicious killers. Back in 1 Samuel 1452, we see that now there was a fierce war with the Philistines, all the days of Saul. This man was in constant battle with the Philistines. Now, we see in 1 Samuel 28, 1, Now it happened in those days that the Philistines gathered their armies together for war to fight with Israel. Nothing's changed, has it? But because of the pressure of the Philistine armies, Saul felt desperate and defeated. He is at the crossroads of life. What about you? Are you at the crossroads? You may be here today. You may feel like you're at the crossroads of your life. But we see here also that there was the dispersion of the mediums and the spiritists. Verse 3 tells us that Saul had put the mediums and the spiritists out of the land. Saul knew that it was not spiritually healthy for God's people to seek insight from mediums and those who consult with the spirits of the dead. Um, guys flip the next oh yeah the next slide this is very important why did he do this well I believe he did this because of this this verse of scripture in Deuteronomy 18 9-14 this is a very important scripture that I think that Samuel took to heart it goes like this When you come into the land in which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abomination of these nations, of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire, or one who practices witchcraft, or a soothsayer, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or one who conjures spirits, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead, For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God. For these nations which you will dispossess, listen to soothsayers and diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God has not appointed such for you. In verse 6 here in 20 and Chapter 28, we see that Saul tried to inquire of the Lord. The Lord did not answer him, and that seemed like the right thing to do, right? It seemed like the right thing for him to go to the Lord. Right? He had good intentions, but it was too late. What appears to be happening may not be happening. Here's what I mean. Just because you go to church don't mean you're saved. And that you're worshiping God. Just because you bow your head in prayer doesn't mean that you're praying. And just because you read the Bible don't mean you live by God's word. Is it possible that Saul was just going through the motions of seeking God without really expecting to hear from God? Whether Saul was genuinely seeking God or not, we may never know for sure. Only God knows the real answer to that. We never see in the text that Saul tried to seek forgiveness from God. Or repent from his sins, of his sins. And what we do know is that the Lord did not answer him either by dreams or by Urim or by the prophets, as it says in verse 6. When God refuses to speak to someone, it usually is a sign of judgment. God had cut the communication line off with Saul because of his disobedience. And since God did not answer him back, Saul wants his advisors to find him a medium. Wow. This should remind us that when you are fearful and desperate, don't run to the things of this world, especially the occult. Amen? Amen. Thank you. Run to God. Proverbs 29, 25 says, The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. It gets me how Saul's advisors know where to find a medium. Especially when Saul had kicked them out of the land. (laughs) Well, guess what? There's one left. We know where she's at. Don't that just, ain't that ironic? Ain't that, does that just make you go, hmm? The advisors found him a medium in Endor. Guess what? This was six miles away from Saul's current position on the battlefield. And it's on the other side of the enemy camp. Saul is so desperate that he will cross enemy lines to find her. That's what I'm saying. He is desperate. Can I remind you that when you dabble with the occult, you're going into enemy territory. This leads me to the second point. Bypassing the word of God. We see this in verses 8 through 10. Saul is about to ignore God's word on this subject and disobey his own law that was established from Deuteronomy 18. Saul bypassed the word of God. Saul is now going to disguise himself by taking off his kingly clothes and put on ordinary clothing. Oh, he's changing. He's disguising himself. What does that sound like? Huh? Sounds kind of like Halloween, don't it? And he's doing this, guess what? Guess when? At night. He don't want to be seen. Saul's trying to hide his identity. He didn't want to reveal his true identity as king. Isn't that ironic? This proud king is proud no more. He's trying to disguise himself and go out in the night and find the witch of Endor. Saul is doing this at night because he knows what he is doing is wrong. Even when he gets to the medium, he doesn't identify himself to her. He's doing all this at night so he can't be seen. Kids, your parents will tell you when you get older that nothing good happens after midnight. Well, guess what? I'm here to say there's nothing good happens before midnight either. If you don't believe it, just look on the news, read your newspaper. Look at all the crime and everything that's going on. I've never seen so many people shooting people and killing people. We live in a desperate state. And that is true. And uh, 1 Chronicles says this, this about Saul. So Saul died for his unfaithfulness, which he had committed against the Lord, because he did not keep what? The word of the Lord. And also because he consulted a medium for guidance. Proverbs 14, 12 says, There's a way that seems right to a man, but its way ends to death, the way of death. 2 Timothy 3, 5 says, Having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. If you're trying to hide who you are as a Christian... And what you are doing with darkness, you are flirting with the kingdom of darkness. Have no part in that. We see in verse 8 that Saul is sad. Saul has become an illustration from, for Proverbs fourteen twelve. There's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death, as I just told you. Even the medium knows that this is against the law and is fearful of losing her life. She doesn't want to have anything to do with Saul. He's encouraging everyone around him to do something wrong. Misery loves company, doesn't it? And when she finds out that um, that is Saul, she really flips out in verse 12 here. Saul makes it worse by promising her protection. He does this in the name of the Lord. (laughs) Not good, Saul. He's, asking, he's promising her protection in the name of the Lord for something the Lord has forbidden. You get the irony in all this? It's like someone trying to sound righteous while doing something unholy. It's like someone who says, well, I'm going to leave my wife. so I can, the God, God's telling me to leave my wife so I can go to this person. Or somebody that says, oh, I'm going to steal this. So I can feed my kids. Is that right? Second Timothy three, five again says having a form of godliness, but denying its power and from such people turn away. Leads us to the next uh, point. Point number three, bypassing obedience to God. You see in 11 through 14, Saul has bypassed his trust in God. The word of God, and now obedience to God. He bypasses obedience by following through on his evil course and instructs the medium to call up Samuel from the dead. Saul was leading himself and others into an act of sin. Your sin always impacts someone in some way. We don't know how she recognized Saul by calling up Samuel, but I believe she was starting to put two and two together. She screamed with fear because she couldn't believe what she was seeing. I believe God caused this to happen. I don't believe it was so much her that she did this. I believe God was in the midst of this. She notices that Samuel has on a robe. There's an irony in this as well. Because we see in 1 Samuel 15, 28, Saul tried to stop Samuel. and um, uh, He tore his robe trying to hold on to him. And that represented that the Lord had torn the kingdom of Israel from him and had given it to someone better than him. Very, very sad. But we also see uh, my next point, point number four, bypassing the judgment of God. Bypassing the judgment of God. During this verbal exchange with Samuel... Saul does not repent or ask for forgiveness. Why was Saul not able to bypass judgment from God? Well, in 1 Samuel 22, verse 11, Saul had 85 priests killed for giving David priestly advice. Wow. This incident was birthed out of his fear to lose his authority. Can you see what's happening with Saul? Saul. His past is catching up with him. God is a loving God who is full of mercy and grace. He is patient and faithful. He's not willing that any should perish. But God, but Saul, he is going to face judgment. And that leads me to my last uh, point. Point number five is by, bypassing the blessing of God. As you read verses 20 through 25, we see that this was a knockout blow to Saul. It was so bad, he could not eat and had no strength. Saul began with much potential. Many thought he would be a great ruler. But Saul's bad decision-making, disobedience, and one compromise after another left him hungry, thirsty, weak, and most of all, far away from God. He was going to bypass the blessings of God, but Saul and his servants ate the meal she provided, probably was their last before they went on their way. 1 Chronicles 10, 13 and 14. You know, I've already alluded to this earlier, but let me read it again. So Saul died for his unfaithfulness, which he had committed against the Lord. Why? Because he did not keep the word of the Lord. And also he consulted a medium for guidance. But listen to this in verse 14. But he did not inquire of the Lord. Therefore he killed him and turned the kingdom over to David, the son of Jesse. Um, The H is capitalized for a reason. And I think you know who that is, who the he is in that verse of Scripture. The story of Saul is tragic. So I, I'm asking you today, what's your story? Are you trying to bypass God? When you bypass God, you bypass God's blessings. And when you bypass Jesus, the Son of God, you bypass God's salvation Romans fifteen four, says this. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we thought the, that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Folks, I don't bring this lesson to you today. I'm lesson. I'm in my teaching mode right now. I don't bring this to you today to scare you, but to prepare you. Because of what this text is telling us today, maybe you're going through something right here and now. I pray that the scriptures might give you hope today. Some of you are here and you may not have hope. I want to encourage you to follow Christ today. Romans 3.23 says this, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6, 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. My question for you today is will you accept the blessings of salvation in Christ Jesus? You have an opportunity to come before him today. Don't put it off. Don't bypass God. Don't bypass this opportunity. Saul did. He bypassed it. Joshua, would you come up and lead us? If you have any questions about that, I want you to come. I'll be at the front. And and Barry, if you would come also, come with us. If you need to make a decision today, we'll be here today to talk with you and speak with you about that. Let's take some time and bow and go to the Lord in prayer. Maybe there's a decision you need to make today. Let's do that. Let's do that.